Well, great. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here with me on this Wednesday morning, December 16th. And uh, I finally got my phone to work again with the lapel mic. I did some more research and finally found a solution. And uh, so we're using that solution this morning and it seems to be working. And so thank you everyone for your continued prayers. And uh, I want to talk this morning about uh, not having a spirit of fear because that's what the Bible promises. I don't need to have a spirit of fear. In fact, 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. I'd like for you to turn to that main text this morning, 2 Timothy 1.7. The NIV says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Other versions say a spirit of fear. And then it says, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Some versions say, and of sound mind. And I just love this verse. I know that a lot of you have this as a memory verse or even as a favorite life verse. And uh, certainly this is uh, one of the ways in which we understand how to confront our fears. And you know that every single one of us um, has certain fears that we deal with, we're confronted with fears or we're tempted by fear. So for me to say we don't have fear is really the wrong thing to say because we are confronted with fears and we, and, uh, and we are tempted by them, but that does not mean that we have to be overcome by them. And so I want to talk about that this morning, how the Lord, by His Spirit, gives us power uh, to overcome fear. Fear is something, I think, that is debilitating. It's something that causes worry to the point of debilitation and incapacitates us, fills your mind um, and your emotions so that you can no longer think straight or be happy. And uh, I do believe you know what I'm talking about because we all are prone to certain kinds of fears. Um, the Bible says fear no longer has to be a regular part of our lives and in this verse and in so many others. What are you afraid of? What kinds of things do you deal with in, uh, in potential fear? Because everyone has them. There are a hundred fears, if not a thousand, that we're tempted with. Perhaps you're fearful of failing at work or failing at school. Perhaps you're fearful of having no friends. Perhaps you're fearful of not being accepted. Maybe you are tempted by the fear of not being loved. Maybe you're tempted by the fear of running out of money or of illness or of what people think of you or of losing your youthful looks and your youthful energy and vitality or you're fearful of loneliness. And of course, fearful of death is perhaps the biggest one of all. But sometimes... Um, as we think about dealing with our fears, we rehearse in our mind a certain uh, kind of statement, which I don't think is bad, actually. And it goes like this. We, we rehearse this in our minds. Well, the worst thing that could happen is dot, 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 you fill in the blank. And we rehearse that statement as a way of alleviating our fears. And I don't think it's bad. I think it's an okay question. The worst thing that can happen to me is whatever. Um, maybe you're, you're fearful that uh, your outdoor event's going to be canceled. So you think, okay, the worst thing that can happen, happen is that it'll rain 
and we'll have to do it inside, right? So it's kind of a simple thing that you calculate in your mind. Uh, or, or maybe you're thinking about an investment of money. You think, okay, now the worst thing that could happen is that can, I could lose all that money and then I'll be left with the rest of my money or whatever. So you're always calculating the worst thing. Uh, when I was summiting South Sisters Mountain this summer, I did a lot of that calculating. Like I'd look at certain trails or certain places I was going to hike or thought about hiking. And I think now if the worst thing that could happen is I could kind of slide down this this side of the mountain and maybe and not get hurt or slide down this part, but I wouldn't die. So I was constantly calculating what, what the risk was. What's the worst thing that could happen? And actually, I think that's a good question um, or a good, um, uh, a good thought to run through your mind. Why do I think that's a good, uh, a good way to deal with fear as you're thinking about it? It's because, number one, um, our minds should always, have, um, should always have leadership over our emotions. Our minds should always have leadership over our emotions. God's given us a mind for a reason. Well, He's given us emotions for a reason too, but some of us are endowed with way, way too many emotions, right? So maybe if you're a person like that, like I am, very emotional, you've had to learn year after day after day, month after month, year after year, how to deal with emotions, and you realize pretty quickly that you, your mind needs to kick in and teach your emotions how to behave, and so I think it's a it's a good uh, it's a good sentence, a good thought to rehearse in your mind. What's the worst thing that can happen to me? Because it 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 calms our emotions down. So that's one reason I think it's good. The other reason, and the more important reason I think it's good, is because when in your mind you compare the worst thing that can happen with your faith in God, there really ends up being no comparison. Um, for instance, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Really, that, I mean, in the end, that is the worst thing that could happen to any of us in a, uh, in a physical sense. I could die, right? So I rehearse that in my mind based on my faith. And what my faith tells me is, yes, but you're never really going to die, right? So the worst thing that could happen is that you could die physically. But even if that happens, like Paul says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain, and so I'm going to be with God forever. That's the worst, that, if that's the worst thing that can happen, that I get to die physically and go be with God forever, then I'm fine. And it really does alleviate a lot of our fears. 1 Corinthians then, chapter 15, uh, is the great Easter verse on victory over death. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 and 55. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? There is no more sting um, from death because death has been done away with. Death has been overcome by Christ and His resurrection, right? Amen. And so we have victory over death. So to think, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is that I would die isn't, doesn't even have any power over us anymore. Because if that's the worst thing that can happen, guess what? I get to live with Christ forever. So there. And I don't want to, I don't want to sound trite in this, but if you, in your Christian experience, don't deal with that, with, that, with, um, with that formula and use that formula as a way to alleviate your fears, then you're, you're missing out on a whole piece of your faith. So I can say, I can say right now, uh, if I die today, I'm at peace. Uh, Marcus Elmer 
is going to live forever. And I know that. And I'm convinced of that. And I believe that. And so you could say, if I die today, I'm 56 years old. That's way too young. But if I die today, you could say, well, at least it happened to Marcus because he knew exactly where he was going. And so we're going to rejoice with him that he gets to be with Jesus. Don't fear my loss because I've just gained. And if that's, that's a huge part of my mentality in life, which then easily overcomes fear. Now, back to our main verse, 2 Corinthians 1.7. Let's look at the opposites that it gives to us, because it gives us three opposites of fear. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Three things, power, love, and self-discipline. How are those three things opposites of fear? How do they help us battle fear? Because again, I'm not naive to think that we don't have fears tempting us. We do. And so the question isn't, do we have to battle it? The question is, how do we battle it? How do we confront it? How do we overcome them, right? And there's some three great insights right here. So the first one is power. The, the point here is that our power is in God and that God has given us power, empowerment by His Spirit. He, it's not talking about worldly power or political power or even social capital, social power, which is being talked about so much in the news right now. This is not that kind of power. This is the power of God within the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. The armor of God passage, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty, what? Power, right? Because He's given us His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. One of the devil's schemes is to make you fearful, right? Like a, like a roaring lion, he comes up and he roars at you. Why does he do that? To debilitate you so that he can devour you. So don't be scared of the roar. It's just a roar, but God's strength is more powerful. Uh, there's a lot of talk in the news right now um, these days about who has power, who doesn't have power. Um, in, but it's talking about it's talking about social capital. It's talking about social power, and it's I believe the wrong conversation. Is there certain truths to the conversation? Yes, there is. Uh, we don't want to abuse our power, but the the right conversation is that we would all find our power in God for strength, that we would all submit to Him because the battle belongs to the Lord. We don't need to battle one another. We need to battle the enemy. Um, and realize that our power to do that battle is found in the Lord. So, that's power is the first antidote to fear, but it's God's power. Okay. Number two is love. The second antidote to fear is love, which is also an opposite of fear. John said, the Apostle John said in 1 John 4.18, that there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. And sometimes I, I used to wonder how... How can that statement be true? I don't understand that. The understanding comes that it's God's love in us. So if I have God's love in me, I don't need to fear. For instance, if, if I know that God loves me, and I have that, that assurance and that affirmation that God loves me, I don't need to fear loneliness. I don't need to fear not being accepted. I don't need to fear feeling less than because God has has built me up and has given me all that I need in him 
you see, are you with me? Um, and so that's how there's no fear in love. It's not my love, it's God's love that has built me up, that has given me the assurance that I need for daily living. Now, if a person doesn't have that assurance from God, if that person is an unbeliever or is a believer but doesn't fully understand his rights as a believer and is filling as a believer, then what are you prone to? You're prone to self-doubt and you're prone to self, even self-hate because the enemy so deceived you into thinking that you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not beautiful enough, you're not handsome enough, whatever. But when we have the love of God within us, it chases away that fear because of the assurance that we have in our own person. And plus, not only does it give us personal assurance, but it gives us personal help because you know as well as I do that when you get tired, you don't have that love of God flowing through you sometimes. You get, you get tired and cranky, and, and so you need more of that. And so how do we get more love to give to other people? It's Romans 5.5 5 tells us that. It's from the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5 says, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given us. So when we run out of love, we just ask for more, and, and we ask for more, and we ask for more. And God keeps giving it to us. It's infinite. It's, it's unending because God's love is unending. Our love is limited. God's love is unlimited. And so if we want unlimited love, we have to tap into the, the main source, which is God's Spirit, Romans 5.5. 5. Well, thirdly then, the antidote to fear is self-discipline. And I really love this one too. Some versions say self-control or sound mind. But it's the opposite of... Fear, because God's provision for you is to give you the strength of accomplishment. To give you the strength of accomplishment. He gives you the means, the talent, the strength, the mind, the ability to accomplish good in this world. If, if you're worried, for instance, about having enough money to pay the bills, if that's a worry, God has given you the strength to go out and get a job and make money. You see, it's very simple, it's very practical, self-discipline. But it's self-discipline that God gives to us. When we get up every day, God is the one who gives us that strength to have self-discipline. And so, but that chases away the fear. That's one way to, to confront the fear, is just to go do what God has commanded us to do, which is sometimes work hard, right? So sometimes we get locked into our fears because we're unwilling to do anything. And then those fears snowball and snowball. Well, God just wants you to get up on your feet and go do something. That's self-discipline, and it chases away the fears. Because Ephesians 2.10, as he said, you are created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. Not sit around and be a bum. You're created in Christ Jesus to, to get up and do something uh, in this world. So accomplishment roots out our fears as well. It's the third thing. So there's these three, these three things, power, love, and self-discipline, which are antidotes to fear. They root out fear. They confront fear, and they're all, they're all given to us by the Spirit of God that lives within us. Isn't that awesome? I think it's awesome. Now, I'm just going to end with this great song. Perhaps you remember this one on the radio. It was really popular, I think, uh, a year or two ago. And it's called Fear is a Liar by Zach Williams. I'm sure you, many of you remember this, but I'll read the, uh, the first verse and, uh, and then the chorus. It goes like this. When he told you, that is he, 
personified is fear. So when fear, when he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, you'll never be enough, fear he is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps, fear he is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire, because fear he is a liar. Isn't that great? That's a great song. Be blessed today with this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is a blessing to read uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 uh, because we know we don't need to have fears. We don't need to fall prey to the roaring lion of the enemy and his crazy fears. They're so deceptive, Lord. Uh, and so we thank you for that truth. And now we can battle against it with some good learning, some good teaching from your word. And uh, Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so we accept it today uh, as brightness for us on this wonderful Wednesday that you've blessed us with. And Father, we thank you for the Christmas season that this is right now and that we can rejoice in the coming of the newborn King, baby Jesus. And uh, Lord, we thank you. And Jesus, we thank you for coming to this earth and then living a perfect life and dying on the cross that we might uh, have faith in you and trust in you for our eternal salvation. God, we love you today. And I love all my friends and my church family members. And thank you for being with us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for being with us, with me in my living room, and looking forward to having you again here tomorrow morning. Talk to you later.